Hi everyone, welcome to Potluck Food Talks. Today we have another micro episode of The Line. So Phil, how was your time in Japan? You told me some crazy shit that happened over there. Yeah, I mean, um, I spent about a year cooking in Japan. It was, um, I had a really, really fantastic time I, um, and a really, really crazy time at the same time. I just left Europe for the, for the first time, really. And um, I was working in a, in a really, really fantastic restaurant and a very famous restaurant in Europe. And um, after I had finished my season there, they asked me where I wanted to go. And they kind of linked me up with a restaurant I had been dreaming of in Japan, a very famous, very high level restaurant, three Michelin stars in Tokyo. And um, I traveled there and, and spent a year there. And um, yeah, I mean, that restaurant was, it, it was like a completely different world. Um, the things that, that happened inside of that restaurant were, were just a bit, uh, bit like out of a movie. I mean, the abuse in the kitchen was very frequent and very uh, often. Um, chefs would get physically abused very, very frequently uh, for very slight mistakes. You told me a story once uh, of the, there was this chef, the party beating the shit out of his cummy in the changing rooms with the backside of a screwdriver or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that happened. And they kind of, they, they try to keep it kind of like behind closed doors. So obviously the, the majority of the chefs in that restaurant were Japanese, right? And so between, I was the only like chef working full time that was not Japanese. Apart from that, there were some international interns, sort of like two or three interns at a time, but I was the only chef who was not Japanese. So they did try and keep it sort of like behind closed doors, but the, the treatment between sort of management and and the rest of the staff was very brutal very very notably there was this one guy who uh, who used to be a chef in the kitchen and then he he sort of fucked up and he got demoted he got demoted to being like the house janitor and cooking star food that was his job cleaning the house and uh, cooking star food because of a mistake that he made in the kitchen I mean, this, this this is the reality of like what it was like. There were a lot of people there who were chefs who say like went to the restaurant and said, "Oh, I want to work here. I want to cook here." And the guy was sort of like, "Well, if you want to cook here, then um, you know, like you'll have to do your time." And so they put you in service to serve tables. Um, and uh, the, the guys were sort of like, "All right, you know, I'll, I'll I'll work front of house. I'll work service until there's a space open for me." Because I, I have the dedication, I have the commitment. I really want to work here. It's such a legendary place. Uh, skip to two years later, they're still in front of house. They're still working, but they're actually chefs. And they're still there, kind of like waiting tables, putting on a suit every day, waiting for their chance to get into the kitchen. It was absolutely insane. insane. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely insane. And so they, they would come in in the morning, do some like fish prep. And they would be really good. You know, they'd be really, really talented chefs. And so they'd do some prep, but then they'd put on a suit and go in front of us. Absolutely crazy. One of them now is a Michelin star chef. You know, when I arrived, he was there. He had been there for like a year and a half working in front of us. service. 
So I remember this story that was about uh, a prize that, that the restaurant was supposed to get and didn't get. And that was like the, the most crazy night you had uh, at that restaurant. Yeah, that was one of the, I mean, you can't even call it a night because it kind of stretched over two and three days. And it was probably one of the craziest experiences I've had at a restaurant um, without, without comparison. So the restaurant was tough in itself to, to start with. I mean, you would work six days a week. And you would work from sort of 10 o'clock in the morning until two, three o'clock at night, right? Um, and so you were already used to a very hard environment. And uh, to explain the situation a little bit, you have to explain a little bit about the chef. The chef and owner was this very famous, very imposing figure in Japan. He was a very well-known chef, huge guy, a um, lot of authority. And when he would walk through the kitchen, everybody else would shout, chef's passing, chef's passing. So you would like jump out of the way. So he would just kind of zoom past you. So everybody was very intimidated of this guy. He was a very, very imposing, imposing and very dominant, very sort of, um, how would you say? He had a lot of authority. Yeah. And so there, you know, obviously there's this big um, award celebration of the, the world's 50 best restaurants. And he was part of it and traveled to London to receive the award. We were obviously as a team fully taking part of it. And after service, we kind of sat down and we live screened the whole thing. And uh, while we were sitting there and having a beer together and kind of like watching this event, you know, keeping up with international restaurant scenes, we realized that the restaurant was dropping a couple of places. It wasn't a lot. It was like on spot 30 something. I think it was like 32 and it dropped like three or four places. So it was like 35, 36. But and I was sitting there and I didn't really think of it that much. But uh, my Japanese colleagues were terrified. Right, we were sitting there, and um, the restaurant gets announced. Oh, blah, place thirty six, and everybody kind of went a little bit quiet, and they were like, "Wow, okay, we're going to get a lot of shit when this guy gets back." <clears throat> and um, so everybody was kind of mentally getting prepared of him returning to Tokyo, and so he did. He returned. He came into the restaurant as he usually does. I mean, you have to give him credit. He was in the restaurant pretty much every single day. And um, everybody was shitting themselves, absolutely shitting themselves. And so he came in, said good morning, didn't say much else. And everybody just kept quiet. The day went on until about dinner service when he suddenly disappeared and then reappeared about an hour later in the kitchen, tearing everybody apart, absolutely apart. So this guy waltzes in and just starts shouting in Japanese. Um, obviously, us, sort of Western guys, super confused as to what's going on. It's not really an unusual thing to see this guy freaking out, but we were just kind of like... Uh, but it was definitely much more than it was usual, uh, than usual. And then he kind of left, and I asked one of the sous chefs, I was sort of like, what's going on? And he told me, he was like, oh, let's just call this chef... Um, uh, Hattori Hanzo, for the for the sake of not, uh, yeah. And he said, yeah, well, Hanzo-san is uh, he's upset because nobody congratulated him on the thirty sixth place. 
Um, and so it kind of backfired this like being scared of uh, of dropping places, you know absolutely yeah, 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 it really, really backfired, and he got so upset, I mean maybe that, that was just kind of an excuse it 's not really super transparent, so you have to understand that the the restaurant had three stories the bottom the like ground level was the restaurant and the dining room. The first level was uh, changing rooms and dry stores, and the top floor was offices and a sort of um, test kitchen and a communal area with like a big marble table where people would have, uh, where we would have staff food. It was like a communal area. So we would often have to go from the first to the second to the third floor to get certain things. And chef disappeared, uh, Hattori-san disappeared um, during service and just kind of went upstairs. And so the culture in... Japan is such that you cannot leave before you're superior, right? So, like, if the head chef is there, nobody leaves, right? If once the head chef leaves, the sous chefs kind of like finish up, they leave, then the chef de parties leave, then the commies leave, etc. But nobody leaves before the superior does, okay? What does that mean? That means that if Hattori san doesn't leave, nobody leaves. Doesn't matter what time it is, doesn't matter how long you've been there. So what Hattori-san decided to do is he decided to go into the third floor and get absolutely smashed on Dom Perignon. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice, nice. Why not? Yeah, why not? Of course, being very upset that nobody was congratulating him. Yeah, he had to also to celebrate somehow that he got a, a good position on the list. Exactly. He was the only one celebrating, no? Um, but uh, yeah, I remember I... I had to go into the third floor to to get something. We were finished service. We had been there for, you know, like 13, 14 hours already. And I went into the third room and Hattori-san was still there. And I just opened the door a little bit and I heard him shouting. His head chef was there and his uh, secretary, his personal assistant were there, kind of talking to him, trying to call him down. But he was freaking out and there was broken glass all over the floor. He was throwing empty champagne bottles against the wall. Right. So I straight away, I closed the door and I went back downstairs and I went to the sous chef and I kind of told him what was going on. And he was sort of like, yeah, yeah, we have to see how the situation develops. Right. So what do you do? Service is done. You kind of, you clean down everything and um, you're finished. The kitchen is clean, but you can't go home. So what do you do? You just kind of clean all over. You find things to do. You clean the machinery with toothpicks, whatever. Um, the sous chef goes up to see what the situation is like. He comes back down and he kind of rounds us up and he says, all right, so here's the situation. Chef Hattori is very drunk and he doesn't really know what time it is. So um, he wants to stay because he thinks that in a couple of hours it's service time. So that means nobody goes home. Um, and so we stayed the whole night um throughout the night and of course you can't just sit down and not do anything you have to stay busy so we start doing mise en place start preparing vegetables uh, whatever we had start cleaning down again um and then the same thing happened it kind of like it got through the night and it got to 10 o'clock in the morning we were sort of like we started to prep and then hattori san comes in wasted out of his mind and um kind of like stumbled into the kitchen, his assistant behind him, kind of like trying to keep him upright. 
and and, and we, we were sort of there prepping and uh, and then went back out and the guy was sort of like yeah so i just spoke to him and he thinks it's five o'clock in the evening so we can't really go home because he's expecting us to set up for service so everybody pretend like you're getting ready for service and we were like man you've got to be fucking kidding me like it's 11 o'clock in the morning right and so you like build up your section like you're doing service and then the guy comes in, does the rounds, and he like goes back into his office to drink some more champagne. He break everything down again. It was the most like, it was the hardest thing that I ever had to do in the kitchen because like it was it was one of the only times where I was really standing at my section, cutting something, like falling asleep while I was doing it. That's insane. Yeah, it was crazy. We were allowed to go home for one hour between like five and six o'clock in the evening, but then we had to do dinner service again. You also told me something about the dishwasher that the, those days, those three days, something about his hair, I remember. Yeah, so this is actually the same guy that I told you about in the beginning, the guy who got demoted. So he was a dishwasher, janitor, um, staff meal chef. So the, the house being three stories tall, you know, there's a lot of janitor work to do. Like you have to keep it super, super clean. And um, with, you know, about 30, 40 people, working in the restaurant, front of house included, you know, there's a lot of staff food to cook. And staff food there was always a big deal. It was always a hot meal, rice, miso soup, pickles, and like a salad. So it was like a full meal, you know. It's a lot to cook for one person. And it was always very, very nice. It was, it often consisted of uh, tuna sashimi with uh, mustard sauce and like a flavored donabe rice and then like different flavored miso soups every day it was really really very good um and so this guy was just kind of like trying to keep up trying to please the chef de parties and the sous chefs um but they were very very exacting so this guy he always got the the blunt end of the stick um for like he would uh, and, and you know he would cook staff meal and I would think that it was totally acceptable, but one of the sous chefs would find something uh, unagreeable with it and would just kind of like calmly walk up to him and kind of pat him on the shoulder and direct him into the walk-in fridge and then would take him to the walk-in fridge and beat him up. I mean, just wail on him, you know? Uh, like, just kind of like start punching him and then kicking him to the ground and just start beating him. Um, because... For some, you know, because in his opinion, the star food wasn't good enough. That's so insane, man. Yeah, it's, it was. It was so. It was so violent there. Like it was really, really very violent, and it was. It was so. Um, but the, there was a story you told me once that, that the guy got his haircut. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that happened one time also that he kind of came down into service. And he had to, like, lend a hand with something, you know. He wasn't really supposed to be in the kitchen, but, man, the, the guy was kind of like, you know, he kind of reminded me of Dobby from Harry Potter, you know, this, like, house elf that lives under the stairs. Like, he wasn't supposed to be in the kitchen, but he kind of, like, came in. And then the guys were sort of, like, just kind of talking shit to him, you know, like, just shouting at him. You know, obviously, I didn't understand everything because it's in Japanese. But um, as I didn't understand later um you know i saw him like a couple of hours later and his hair was shaved you know he had sort of like medium length hair and then suddenly his head was shaved and but like in a really bad way like super patchy and i said to him i was sort of like what 
what happened to your hair? And he was like, oh, um, the the sous chef, he didn't really like um, how my hair was looking. So he, he, he wanted to cut it. And I was like, so <laughs> when did he cut it? And he was like, yeah, just at the restaurant. So the guy was like bent him over the sink and just shaved his head because it's, because he was calling him like, oh, you disgusting pig. Like, why why is your hair so long? And like, it's it gets crazier, like with this guy. So he was so abused. He was there for like two or three years. He was so abused and so mistreated. Um, and yet he kind of stuck around. And at one point I moved in with him um, and really super, super lovely guy. Really, really, really nice guy. Very mellow temperament. And I spoke to him at some point and I said to him, why don't you leave? Like, why don't you go somewhere else where people treat you better? And he said, ah, it's not that easy. It's Japanese culture. I mean, you have to understand this guy doesn't really speak very much English. I don't speak very much Japanese. So he was like, yeah, it's it's not so easy. It's Japanese culture. I can't just leave. Um, so what I then gathered was that you can't really quit either because you lose face. Either you get kicked out, as in like somebody tells you you are done and you're out of here, no turning back, or you leave without saying anything. And so he got to that point where he was leaving without saying anything. He packed his bags and he told me, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go back to, uh, I think it was some province in, in Japan, Nabe or something. And um, I said to him, good for you. I think this is the right decision. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, really, you've done enough. And he packed his things. He left the apartment and he went to the train station. I went to work. The head chef um, and the sous chef were sort of like, where's this fucking guy? And called him. And what does he do? He picks up the phone. He gets shit on the phone. And he comes back to work. Right? Any, like you and me, any sort of sane person would have said, I'm out of here. I'm already on the train. I'm just leaving. I've packed my things. I'm gone. But they talk to him on the phone. First of all, he picks up. Second of all, they give him so much shit on the phone that he just like hangs his head in shame and comes back to work. That's so fucked up. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. It didn't make any sense to me either. I said to him, I was like, why didn't you just leave? Go somewhere else where you're happy. Do you remember this guy we talked about uh, that was very good at cooking staff meal on the last episode um, yeah. that also got a, a lot of shit? I remember that guy left without saying anything, but he he left all his knives. We, he had, a, I remember, like a big uh, knife wallet, like a knife, uh, like a very big knife bag with, with a lot of utensils a lot of high quality knives and, and and tools and stuff and and he left it in the kitchen so he had to come back for his stuff and i remember i think he was completely high on, on some st stimulant amphetamines or something because he was completely like a berserker he comes into the kitchen and takes all his stuff all his knife things back, back into in, into his uh, thing to take it out and luckily or unluckily, uh, the chef wasn't there because I think he was ready to kick the shit out of the chef, which yeah makes sense in this kind of, of context, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because while you're there, you feel like you're trapped in the system 
and you feel like you have to abandon yourself to this system of sort of like of this like little little world that you're in you know where the chef is the god right and you like that's why you take so much abuse because you're like oh this is this is what it is you know and then you break out of that and you have to retaliate for so much that you've lived through yeah, I, I went through some some crazy abuse as well. Uh, I, n n apart from the the story we already told, not, nothing super extreme, but but I mean these kinds of things when they go on and on and on, and and you take shit day after day after day. I remember working in a restaurant that that I was supposed to, my my plan was to work there at least for one year and may, maybe build a, a career, and after five months, I remember. Uh, Every night uh, I went home to sleep. I wanted to cry like for five months, and then it was a point like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. Why, why, why should I, I stay here? You know, and it's, it's uh, uh, as you say, you, you're, you're there because you want to build like a career. You want to learn things. You want to have a, a nice CV where you work in nice places, and and you, you think you can take this kind of stuff for that price. But at some point, enough is enough, and you just leave, you know, without giving explanations or whatever. I saw a guy once saying he was going to buy cigarettes. He was going to buy cigarettes, and he left everything and never came back. He, he left his knives and everything. I mean, I've, I've seen that a lot, and, uh, and I mean, I've, I've also experienced that. I, you know, especially the, the kitchen where, where you and I met, I feel like there were a lot of people that left on a bad note, you know, I don't feel like anybody really finished their, um, their sort of like notice period. Um, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. like so, our, our, our sous chef who we both, you know, respect a lot, you know, Fritz, you know, he left on a really bad note. He just walked out with one of the chef de parties, the main chef de parties. Yeah, no, but that, that would happen on and on and on. Uh, every once in a while, people would leave, or people would come super early to to take uh, knives and everything and leave without nobody noticing. Exactly, yeah, all the time. And I mean, I remember when I left, I handed in my notice and um, I wanted to finish my time there well because I did respect him a lot. And uh, when I handed in my notice, he spoke to me and he was sort of like, oh, do you think this is the right decision? And he was kind of like, and I tried to talk to him about it like normally, and then after I did that, he just wailed on me every single day. And I mean, you have like a four-week notice period. And I think after two weeks, I said to him, in service, he would do things like just to stitch me up. Uh, he would turn off my ovens. He would like dump my sauces into the into the sink and yeah i remember he would do this kind of things yeah, yeah i remember yeah yeah like you know like i would put a he, he would switch my sauces around and like you know he would just stitch me up in service to then like give me shit and i remember i turned around to him and i said to him i was like look like you want me to stay you want me to cook service with you or or do you not because if you don't then i'm just gonna leave and he just didn't say anything to me and I did. I just packed my stuff and left. Do you remember? Well, the, the, in this kitchen, there was never a dishwasher because this was such a chaos. And and dishwashing there was really hard. We all had to do it once in a while. Mm. There, there were yeah. uh, this uh, super expensive china collection with different sizes. And you had to do it <laughs> properly to get everything and then polish the dishes and everything. 
And so once in a while, like a, a, a person who works there just for a, a night. No, I remember this guy. He actually wrote like a motivation letter that he wanted to work there and grow there and blah, blah as a dishwasher. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, true. Yeah, I remember this guy. Yeah, and the first night, um, he says something. <laughs> what did he say? Okay, this doesn't make any sense having so many dishes. Why do you have so many different <laughs> dishes? We're not in the Middle Ages anymore. And he was like, what? What? <laughs> Stop, like, like, you know, like, like the service music went like, whack. What did you just yeah. say? <laughs> and he was like, I think, I think you're an asshole, sir. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He was like, he, he was complaining about something. And, uh, and, and the chef kind of like, he was kind of like happy about him being there. And then this guy started complaining and the chef was sort of like, starting to get like more and more upset. And then suddenly, and, and like he said something to him, he was sort of like, you just have to deal with it. And then, and th this guy was sort of like, why do you have to be such an asshole? And everybody just went quiet, like Rick, record scratch. Yeah. And he was like, leave now. What? Now leave, and he was like, "What? I I don't understand." And he walks into the dishwashing station, grabs the guy, and yeah. and he takes him. Like the, the, there was a, a door in the kitchen that went direct to the street, and he says, "Door." Somebody, I think I, I myself opened the door, <laughs> <laughs> and he just threw the guy to the street in the middle of service, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was actually pretty hilarious because like the way that it happened was just sort of like this guy was sort of like, why do you have to be such an asshole? And everybody just kind of stopped, went quiet, and there was this like awkward moment of silence or something like, wow, somebody called Chef an asshole, and he was just sort of like went there, grabbed him by his jacket, just kind of like pulled him behind him without saying anything, and the guy was like, ah, hey, what's up? <laughs> no, and he was just like door <laughs> somebody opens the door and he's like Whoop, throws him out door closes and he goes back to service and service went on like normal <laughs> <laughs>